Thank you, ladies. Well done. I appreciate that. I appreciate the young men, the young ladies, and their preparation and willingness uh, to sing and travel uh, this summer. Open your Bibles again to Ephesians at chapter 4. Uh, we will look at a few other passages in the message tonight. I'm going to preach a very plain, a very simple, but yet very important message simply entitled, The Walk of the Christian Life. The Walk of the Christian Life. This is just a, uh, just a beans and taters message. That's what it is. And I hope that you'll listen to it. It's so important, especially for the hour uh, in which we live. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. My, how I enjoy being in this place, not just uh, on Sundays, but Lord, throughout the week and seeing the faithfulness of God's people to work and to serve. Uh, Lord, it's a joy to serve with people who love you and desire to please you. Now tonight, Lord, as we receive instruction from your word, I pray that you would help us to receive it with the intent to obey it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the foundational truths of the word of God is that we are not just to be hearers of the word, but we are to be doers of the word. One of the illustrations I like to use as far as the Bible is concerned and being a doer and not just a hearer is the Bible is like a cookbook. You don't just sit down and read a cookbook. You don't just read it for enjoyment. Why do you read a cookbook? To cook. I was so glad to see that my wife for Mother's Day received from one of the boys a new cookbook today. And uh, I like it because uh, the Bible, uh, like that, is a book that we don't just read to know. Who cares how many recipes you know of how to make peanut butter cookies or peanut butter pie? If you don't ever make any, it doesn't matter. The Word of God is a book not just to know, it is a book to do. The Word of God is to be a controlling in the way we think and in the ways that we behave. Our text verse is verse number 17 where the Bible says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. We learn quickly from reading that verse that you cannot walk in the ways of God and walk in the ways of the world at the same time. There are two different paths. They're headed two different directions. The behavior, the thinking is completely different to walk in the ways of God or walk as the Gentiles or here meaning the unconverted. Henceforth is there as a reference to since salvation, since becoming a child of God, you and I are to live like a child of God. Our walk, or sometimes referred in the word of God as ways, is different than that of the world. I want you to notice in verse number 20, he says, But ye, not, but ye have not so learned Christ. He didn't say of Christ or from Christ. And though he, in the next verse, talks about the teaching of Christ, uh, the example of Christ is in verse number 20. The teaching of Christ is in verse number 21. We're to walk in the paths that our Savior trod. Are you with me tonight? 
Now, the Bible tells us that we should not follow or walk in the ways of the Gentiles, and he tells us that because they are blind. Why would someone who can see follow someone who cannot see? Look at verse number 18. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. That's one sin leading to a worse sin, to a worse sin. And the Bible teaches that in principle in many ways. The book of James it says, When sin it is finished, it bringeth forth death. I'm glad when I met Jesus, I met satisfaction. I'm satisfied in him, he says here, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness or selfishness. The message is simply, no enlightened Christian should allow blindness or ignorance to influence what he believes or especially how he behaves. Why would we come to Christ to be our light and then seek direction from those that are walking yet in darkness? Take your Bibles and go to Galatians chapter 5. It would be back just maybe uh, two or three pages. And the Bible says here, and he teaches the principle uh, that I'm preaching tonight. It is a staple of preaching from the life and lips of the Lord Jesus Christ all the way up to the time of the return of Christ that we're supposed to walk and talk like a child of God. He says in Galatians chapter 5, and notice if if you will in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, by the way, if you're alive, you're alive in the Spirit. If you're not alive in the Spirit, you're dead in trespasses and sins. You can't be alive any other way. Only Christ, only the Spirit of God can give life. And he says if ye live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. That word vain or vanity is always connected to those that are following the ways of the world because they're following by feeling and not by light. Now, folks, it's a dangerous thing to walk through the house by feeling. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, God gave us our little toes to find the furniture in the dark. Isn't it something to be so asleep and sleepy and to be awakened so suddenly from the little toe up? He's saying here, if you're alive in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. He says, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. This is interesting words in Ephesians chapter 4. It is interesting phrases that he uses to describe those that are without Christ. As he describes the heathen or the humanistic thought of his day. And never were these words more obviously illustrated than in our day. Reading the news headlines is almost humorous if it wasn't real. And when you realize this is not make-believe, 
This is where people are living today and it brings a fear and a concern for those that are walking in darkness and giving all the directions of life and Christians standing in line asking which way to go next and God saying, hey, they can't show you how to live life or where to go. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. If He's made you alive, then walk in the light. People who are outside of Christ simply cannot think or reason straight on moral and spiritual issues. They may and they do articulate the issue, but they leave out the spiritual dimension because they can't see it. They're blind. Their answers include everything but the answer. Notice, if you will, in verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, here is the answer, as the truth is in Jesus. You know what the world is? They're professional researchers. They can tell you all the problems. They can tell you all the statistics. They can tell you all the examples. But they don't know the answer and how sad it is. They don't know the answer. And he is saying to the child of God, why would you be saved and receive life and light from Christ and receive instruction from those that are walking in darkness? They don't know the answer. They can't understand what the answer is. How sad it is that people of light go to a world of darkness for information, for instruction, for insight. And when we do, we lose our joy. And when we do, we lose our happiness. And when we do, we lose our purpose when we allow someone to think for us who is lost, blind, cannot see, nor understand. Now, before I go further, what are some examples that we should not go to the world for? First of all, they do not have truth. Now, the truth that they may have, they receive from someone who's a born-again Christian that believes that this book right here. But the world has no truth. I would not want to go to the unconverted to seek truth or to seek education. If the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, if the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, why would I seek to learn from someone who has no fear of God? The Bible is saying here, hey, all the instruction that we need, all of the insight that we need, all of the information that we need, it is found in Christ and in His Word. I don't seek truth or education from the world. I do not seek answers to problems from the world. The Bible is the answer and they mock at that. They mock at it. Now, now we, we, we've seen again this week yet another arrest just in, uh, in, in Canada, our neighbors to the north. A preacher, from what I understand, and I don't know a lot about him, except he came from a, a missionary uh, from a foreign country where they'd lost freedom uh, to preach in Canada and was arrested for preaching Christ. Now, I want to tell you something. That is on the way. That's what the devil intends to do. You understand that? And yet it's so confusing to me that we would sit down and let the world tell us how to live. 
or instruct us or give us information. They don't give us answers to problems. They certainly don't know about the home. They've not yet learned how to identify male and female. They're confused. They're confused. They passed a law in Lexington this week, something about conversion therapy, and that it's not lawful for you to tell someone that they're not. And I know this is confusing, but I'm just telling you what they say. If someone says that they are not what they are, then you can't give them counsel. So if they want to convert to be whatever one of these things are, you can't tell them it's wrong. And I, I wonder, well, you said yesterday they were born that way, and you say today they're converting to be that. They, they don't have the answers. You understand? Now, now, how do I keep myself from being discouraged? I'm not looking at their answers. I'm looking at this book right here, and that's what he is teaching. He's telling us here, follow Christ, follow Christ, live a life not just in hearing, not just in understanding, but walk in the paths of Christ. You see, the home is a basic building block of society. Young men grow up and they marry young ladies. And when they're married, then they have children and they rear them and in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I say it because that's what we should expect as children of God. Let me make this statement so clear. Christianity is its own culture. Not looking for the culture of the world. It is its own culture. It doesn't matter if you live in America, Africa, Asia, Australia. It doesn't matter. The Christian culture is the same. We have the same God. We follow the same book. We have the same thinking. We have the same behavior. Christianity is not to be influenced by the culture of the world. Christianity is its own culture that ought to be salt and light in this dark and rotten world. This world of ours is no example of life and decency or role models. Christians need to understand the importance of being a godly role model in our day. We don't learn that from the world. We learn that from the Word of God. Now, sadly... The world at one time, our nation at one time, was much closer to the Word of God than it is today. But today it has gone so far that we cannot learn from that. We cannot be influenced by that. We need to be influenced by the Word of God. Now listen to me. If you're spending more time on the Internet than you are in that book right there, you're going to be confused. In fact, it's going to show on you. It's going to show in your conversation. It's going to show in your vocabulary. It's going to show in your behavior. And you follow the world. Hey, listen, they're on the broad road of destruction. I don't care how well paved that road is. I don't care how well lit that road is. If it's a road to destruction, get off of that road and get on the narrow road that seeks a, a righteousness and finds a joy and gladness. In Ephesians 4, in verse number 7, we hear a repeat of Paul's indictment of fallen mankind as he gives in Romans chapter 1. Uh, take your Bibles. Uh, we see Ephesians chapter 4. We're not to walk according uh, to the course of this world. Uh, take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Let's go down to verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness 
and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's an interesting statement. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If you can look at this creation and say there's no God, your ignorance is without excuse. Only the creator could make the magnificent beauty and put together all that happens in our world. Uh, all, and and, and they, this liberal crowd, they're worried about uh, uh, leaving a carbon footprint and they're worried about the cows and they're worried about all of this foolishness. God's got all that under control. And, 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 and they come to the place that they, uh, well, let's just read on. Verse number 21, the Bible says this, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain. There's that word vain again. Vain in their imagination, same as Ephesians chapter 4, same in Galatians chapter 5. Vain means empty. Vain means empty. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory. I heard today uh, that uh, 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 Pelosi uh, announced uh, that uh, this is not going to be Mother's Day. Uh, I forget what she called it. You you have to be really educated in ignorance to even remember what she says. But but they want a genderless society. I mean, just how ridiculous, how silly is that? How childish is that? Those are the people supposed to be running our country. Now the message tonight is not to look at how foolish they are, but to look at how foolish a Christian is for following that. For looking at a Christian to say, am I supposed to live like that? Hey folks, it's Mother's Day. And in June we'll have Father's Day. That's just the way it is. Now notice what the Bible says. This is good reading right here. Verse number 23. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to the corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Look at verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, Malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. 
without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affections, implacable. You know what the word implacable means? Cannot be satisfied. Can't be satisfied. That's where we are in our country today as far as the unconverted are concerned. You say, boy, preacher, that, 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 that bunch, they're, they're a messed up bunch. They are. What the message is about, Paul says, we live in light. We don't live in that darkness. So why are we trying to learn from them? Why would we talk like them? Why would we dress like them? Why would we copy them in any way? I want folks to know I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of light. I'm a child of wisdom. That's what the book gives me. He goes on to say, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that to do them. I was asked again recently uh, on the uh, radio program that I was on about uh, why do you get involved in political issues? And I gave this answer. I've given several times. It's the truth. I'm not involved in political issues. Politicians are involved in moral and spiritual issues. If I use the word freedom and say, is that a spiritual word or is that a word of government? Many would say it's government, but the Declaration of Independence says God's a giver of our inalienable rights. God's the one that gave freedom. So if God gave it, that's a spiritual issue. Many of them actually think that the issues of the day are political. They're not political, they're spiritual. And even Christians have said to me through the years, Preacher, if I were you, I wouldn't get involved in that. Well, I can't help it. God speaks about those issues. He talks about what the family is. He talks about what the man is. He talks about what the woman is supposed to be. He talks about the nation that's blessed, whose God is the Lord, and righteousness exalts a nation, and sin is a reproach to any people. I want to say to the politicians, Get out of spiritual issues. Get out of moral issues. You're the one that has stuck your nose in business. You got no business doing. You ought to get back taking care of the country and let the man of God preach on the uh, truths of the Word of God. Now take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. I want you to notice Jesus said the same thing here. Now these are not truths from Paul, these are truths of God. Matthew chapter 6, notice if you will, and there's several verses here. Uh, notice in verse 24. Matthew 6, 24, he begins by saying, No man can serve two masters. And so we, we think of all these passages together. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, uh, if, uh, if, 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 we are, if we live in Christ, let us walk in Christ. That's what he says. In Ephesians, he says, uh, Walk not, uh, follow not after the folks that are in the world, the unconverted. Uh, we're children of light. We're supposed to be following Christ. Jesus said the same thing. You can't go two directions at once. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink what you sh uh, for your body. Uh, what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold, illustration, the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap uh, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? 
Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed that the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall ye not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Look at verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to say, I can see, I'm glad I have life, I'm glad I have light, and I'm going to go over here and let this blind guide show me how to live. I'm going to turn on the television and let them tell me how, how to have a happy marriage. I'm going to turn on the television and let them tell me how to live the victorious Christian life. They don't know. They're blind guides. I'm going to walk in the light. I've been saved. I've, I've been given life and light from Christ. And he says right here, that's what the Gentiles do. Your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Look at verse 33. Same instruction all the way through. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The miserable Christian is the one that knows they're saved and they know what's right to do. And always dabbling in the world. Can I tell you, you think you impress the world. You know what they think you are? A hypocrite. They laugh at you. They laugh at the Christian that tries to fit in with the world. We're not of the world. They weren't impressed with Peter. He began to curse and swear. They weren't impressed with him. You're not going to fit in. Who wants to fit in? I've been saved by grace. I have the light and life of God in my life. Too many Christians have a knowledge of God with a behavior of the world. Let me give you some things that you and I ought to have good and right behavior in from the Bible that the culture right now is influencing the world. First of all, we ought to have personal character and take personal responsibility. I, I believe the character trait of personal responsibility, I believe we ought to desire to work to provide for our families. I, folks, listen to me. Government is not our God. They can't take care of us. They don't have an endless supply. But God has an endless supply. He said, God shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he teaches me to work and work hard and be honest and decent and care for my family. And God said, if you'll work and you'll be honest, I'll bless the work of your hands. I'll bless the finances. I'll bless your family. Oh, we need that today. Let's not be influenced by the world to say, boy, I hope I get more government help. Man, who, who wants to get help from a broken government? I'm going to get on my knees in the morning and I'm going to go to the throne of grace. I need the help of God. That's what I need in my life. Joshua chapter 24, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. God said to Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, He said, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, you know, it's natural for us to think there's power in numbers, there's power in strength, there's power in height. But God said to Samuel, 
I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I want my heart to be right. God's not impressed with anything about me, but he wants my heart to be right with him. That's what he blesses. Personal character, personal responsibility. Mom and dad, teach your children personal responsibility. Life is not organized to make us happy. Not everybody in this world is going to work to make me happy. My job is to serve and do the will of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 9, He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Everybody knows a crook. You say, boy, I made friends right then. No, you just let somebody else know you're a crook. Be honest in your dealings. Be honest. Have character. Be on time. Don't let this world convince and, 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 and influence your behavior. Proverbs chapter 22, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold. Matthew chapter 5, be therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. <coughs> He's saying here that we ought to strive to improve. We ought to strive to do our very best and that takes character and that takes dependency on the Holy Spirit of God. Let me give you another one. I'm watching the time tonight. We ought to have respect for authority and right. Uh, folks, we, we're living in a day that, that it's almost a popular thing to be disrespectful. God's people are supposed to respect authority. We begin by spec respecting what's right, and then we respect those that represent what is right. I, I watched a video this week of a a police officer that, and, and he, he was just wearing his body camera and video, and, and he pulled over a woman, and I don't remember if she was speeding or ran a red light, and uh, she, she, just, she just said, why'd you stop me, murderer? You're a murderer. The fellow happened to be Hispanic, and she said, you'll never be white. You'll always be Hispanic. You want to be right. Uh, you want to be white. You're, you're nothing. And she was just berating that police officer. The woman was a school teacher. Now, not all school teachers are like that. I, don't misunderstand me. But she knew better than that. We're not supposed to behave that way. We're supposed to respect authority. Wives are supposed to respect their husbands. Children are supposed to respect their mom and dad. We're not supposed to be disrespectful to our moms and dads. We're not supposed to be respectful to folks that are our elders, people that are in authority. We ought to pay attention to. We ought to build respect for them. You say, yeah, but I know one of them is a crook. Folks, all of us are sinners. Come on now. You can't dismiss the whole Bible. You can't dismiss being respectful. We need to respect authority. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. Honor thy father and thy mother. doesn't say honor thy righteous father and thy righteous mother. It says honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. doesn't say honor thy good father and thy good mother. It said honor your father and honor your mother. That's what the Bible says. Leviticus 19, 19, 32, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head, talking about the gray hair, and honor the face of the old man, and fear thy God. I am the Lord. We, we grew up in a country 
that if, if a lady approached the door, you open the door for her. It, it's sad today when you open the door for a lady and she's shocked and surprised. She just wants to stand there and talk for 15 minutes. First time she's seen a gentleman in three years. There was a day if a lady walked into a room, uh, you stood up and gave her your seat. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Decency and respect for authority is still in this old book right here. Matthew 7, 12 is still in the book. Therefore, all things whatsoever you do, uh, you would that men should do to you. Do you even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. You know what I'm saying? You want to be respected, respect people. Teach your children. You don't want to come home and be critical of your teachers. I'll tell you how to start right. Pray for the teachers in the school. Pray for the teachers. Pray for those that are in authority. That's what the Bible says to do. Then there's the area of moral standards and convictions. There's, a, uh, there's the example of decency of life and living. We, we live in a day where there's little respect for self. Some folks go to the store looking like they're ready to go to bed. We want to be respectful of one another for, for heaven's sakes. The Bible teaches that. We're going into summertime. We're not supposed to show our bodies in public. We're not supposed to show your bodies in the home. Nakedness is dealt with in the book. Yeah, but you say those are the old days. It's still in the book. It's still in the Bible. That's what the Bible says to do. Stand with me tonight. I'm glad that I'm saved by the grace of God. I, I, I'm glad I live in the light. And if I live in the light, I ought to walk in the light. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray.